0: Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov.
1: Welcome to another Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America from Truth for Health Foundation with the military report today. We are discussing what happens when the government controls your electronic identity? What happens when the government controls the database where you exist? What happens to your access professionally? What happens to you medically? All of these are powerful questions that are being decided actually right now in the 2022 midterm elections. Who is in charge? Yesterday, you heard us talk about who owns you. Today, we're talking about, can I be erased? Do I even exist? If the government decides whether I exist or not, and erases me from the electronic database, which has happened to the whistleblower you're going to hear from today, that means you don't have access to medical care. You don't have access to your medical records. You may not have access to your bank accounts. You may not have access to other services where they need to prove your identity. These my fellow Americans, are the consequences of tyranny, and you're going to hear a chilling report today from an Army major and a Army physician who has literally just been erased by the U.S. Army, and he's going to tell us his story. Now, Major Sam Sigaloff, is not only the U.S. Army major with service for 10 years in exemplary duty and service to our country, he is also a family medicine physician. So he's particularly knowledgeable about the medical issues that he's been defending for the troops under his command. And he is being punished for that in spite of the fact that he's a federally protected whistleblower who should be protected, and yet he has been retaliated against, persecuted, and now the latest step in his saga is literally being erased. He's going to tell you about that. Major Sigalov, Dr. Sigalov, is also on the Military Advisory Council for Truth for Health Foundation as a volunteer, so he is speaking today Not as a representative of the Department of Defense, the U.S. military, the U.S. Army, or any government agency. He is speaking with his personal opinions, his personal experience, and as a member of the Volunteer Military Advisory Council of the Foundation, which is a public charity protecting our First Amendment rights and our right to life and liberty under the Constitution. Dr. Sigeloff, thank you for being with us and thank you for your service to our country. I was, have been shocked at your case all along with what you've been going through with the Army that began when you tried to warn your leadership, your command, and service members about the risk of the still experimental COVID shots because no service member has had access to anything that's FDA approved even though that's what Secretary Austin mandated was service members would get a fully FDA-approved product. It doesn't exist. None of the service members who've gotten the COVID shot have gotten anything other than the experimental product, and we're seeing devastating damage from that in the military's own medical database. So you were trying to do your duty, which an officer is required to do under the UCMJ, And you were doing your duty as a physician to give informed consent to warn about risk. And yet you were systematically punished. So share with our listeners what's been going on for you with all of this and what just happened recently.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Dr. Vliet, for having me on. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you gave a wonderful uh, disclaimer. I'm going to, just so that I give all the right incantations to keep myself legally clear, I'm going to give a quick disclaimer. Any view I express is solely my own, is not held by the DOD, nor the Department of the Army, nor the U.S. government. And I say that because they use every little thing to try and come after me. So my story starts back uh, when I first moved to Fort Huachuca, Arizona. And it was just before the mandate was actually declared by um, the Secretary of Defense. And once he... Issued that declaration that this mandate saying that everyone must get an FDA approved vaccine or they may volunteer to take um, an EUA product or emergency use product. I was able to develop a, a legitimate and legal and correct and, and morally right way to protect soldiers from getting the shot that didn't want to. And it involved a medical exemption form. Not, a, not so much a form, but a, an entire document that I made. And later, that document blossomed into a affidavit in the Robert v. Austin case, which I believe that you're helping with. And I was suspended very quickly, suspended from all clinical um, work. So that was September 13th when I was suspended. I haven't worked, and I haven't seen a patient since September 13th of 21, over a year.
1: Which is a devastating loss to the patients when the army is already short of physicians and to have them prevent you from serving the patients who need your services is one of the most unconscionable things that I've been seeing happening in all of the egregious things going on in the military this this military leadership is unlike any I've ever seen in my entire lifetime
0: it's it's quite horrendous and egregious what's going on here particularly at Fort Huachuca, but I imagine it's happening everywhere. There's just not someone talking about it. Because just before I was suspended, I was given a military order, which at the time I thought was legal. Looking back now, I do not believe it to be a legal order, where a RN, who is the commander, a registered nurse, and this is not a hit against nurses. My wife is a nurse. Nurses do amazing jobs. But they are not allowed to practice medicine without a license. And the hospital commander unilaterally revoked and said that my medical exemption that I gave to patients after the appropriate evaluation was completed, she said that that was not valid.
1: This is an RN overruling a physician's determination after the physician had evaluated the patient, correct? Yes, ma'am. That, that is a violation of the Medical Practice Act, and it's absolutely a violation here in Arizona where you're based because i have a practice in arizona and i understand what the rules are
0: and i have reported to all of the appropriate authorities she's licensed in texas i reported to the texas medical board the texas nursing board texas ag i reported to arizona medical board arizona nursing board arizona ag uh local magistrates so sheriff local police military police And then lastly, I reported this to the CID, that's Criminal Investigations Department, that's like FBI for active duty military. They blew me off the first time, and second time I was retaliated against by getting a negative counseling statement where I had to write an essay, and in that essay I had to cover Article 94, which is mutiny and sedition, and that comes with a max penalty of death.
1: That is stunning. America, I hope every one of you on this This show is on election day, 2022. I hope every single one of you are listening to this. And if you haven't gotten out to do your civic duty and cast your vote, this is the time to do it. To charge a physician with such serious death penalty potential charges for doing the duty he's required to do under the Uniform code of military justice arizona medical practice laws and the u.s constitution is tyranny and totalitarianism that should frighten every one of you listening and that's me saying that as a civilian not our army officer saying it and i want you to understand something when our military are persecuted to this degree in violation of the U.S. Constitution that they take an oath to serve. And all of Dr. Sigalov's commanding officers have taken that oath. And that is violated, and he is persecuted to this degree. What chances do you think you have as a civilian if our military goes down under this tyranny? This is a turning point in America from which there may be no recovery if we don't keep the torch of freedom and our Constitution alive. Go ahead with your chilling story, Dr. Sigalov. Yes, ma'am. And I find it gets worse the more that you share the details.
0: Oh, it, it, it gets much worse because that wasn't the only um, incident of practicing medicine without a license, which is typically considered a felony. That wasn't the only thing that I reported, you know, the revocation of my medical exemptions, because I was ordered to reject them on, I think it was um, September the 9th. On September the 10th, my hospital commander, the registered nurse, unilaterally decided and made a memo that ivermectin will not be used for any off-label use and will not be prescribed by any clinicians at that institution. And I was the only clinician that was prescribing it.
1: Well, that's in violation of many state and federal laws. Every doctor in the United States since the inception of the FDA in 1934 has had the right to prescribe any FDA-approved medicines, and ivermectin is FDA-approved. It has been for for several decades, and it is an approved medication, pharmaceutical-grade, commercially available. To all U.S. citizens, any physician has the legal right to prescribe it off of label. All that simply means, for our listeners to understand, all that simply means is that the FDA regulates the marketing claims the pharmaceutical company can make. So ivermectin can be marketed legally under FDA regulations as an anti-parasite drug off-label use simply means the doctor's judgment is recommending that medicine for that patient for a different use that isn't part of the marketing package. That's all it means. And all of us do it every day, 20%, 25% of the prescriptions in the United States my whole career have been off-label use of medicines that were approved for other things. I'm going to share an example. Dr. Sigloff, hydroxychloroquine was approved for malaria, so companies can market it for the treatment of malaria. It was later FDA approved for rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Companies are legally allowed to market it for those purposes. But it's been used off-label as an anti-diabetes drug for 40 years. It's currently in clinical trials as an anti-cancer drug for 16 different cancers at NIH. So even our own NIH is using it off-label. Let that sink in. Go ahead, Dr. Sigelhoff. I have to get a rant in every now and then for our listeners to understand the enormity of what you're saying. Because when you're presenting it calmly and factually and you're presenting a lot of information and they don't know the rules, sometimes they don't really realize the enormity of what you're saying. And every patient who has ever taken a medicine in the United States has probably been given something off label in the course of their relationship with their physicians. We do it all the time.
0: And and just for a little background on that.
1: So the nurse overruled you on that.
0: Every clinician. And I was the, the medical director at that facility.
1: Unbelievable.
0: And and to kind of, and, and I know I, I sound calm when I'm talking about this. My, my blood is actually boiling right now. And this is what I sound like when I'm very upset. And, and I bring that up for a very specific point because it will be relevant later in relation to my commander. Go ahead. Um, but at the time when it was banned for prescription, which means like I could get in legal trouble with my commander for disobeying a direct order if I prescribed it. Now, had I been in practice long enough at that point to continue to find a need for it, I would have prescribed it. I would have given a, you know, yeah, you can't have it dispensed on post, even though TRICARE, the insurance company that pays for all of this stuff for the military, still covered ivermectin for off-label use without a prior authorization. I mean, I could just write it for whatever I want, and the pharmacy on post would give the patient the medication. And that was, it was like that until the 20th of September. So Congress got together and they said, we're going to cover these medications. And Congress said, we're going to cover ivermectin. And ivermectin was still covered when the hospital commander said it will not be given for any off-label use.
1: You know, it would seem to me that the hospital commander actually has committed some serious violations of military and civilian medical practice law. And that hopefully one day will be exposed and will be, she will be held accountable, accountable.
0: And then on September 16th, I believe it was, um, she wrote a memo, an order stating that she was the final approval authority for all temporary medical exemptions. Not a physician, she was the final approval authority.
1: You know it's 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 really stunning that this has been allowed to continue,
0: and these were the things I reported to c i d that got me in trouble to write that memo or the the essay where I was basically told who writes you who taught you how to write this is terrible um, in a very unprofessional manner and and threatened to bring charges against me and all these things because I'm trying to report a serious crime that's continually happening even to this very day.
1: Well what happened after that? I mean I I hope our listeners are realizing the enormity of this because all of us are going to face this level of tyranny if the status quo continues.
0: Now because we are limited on time I'm leaving huge chunks out. But the next big issue was I became I wrote um, a declaration and I became a named plaintiff in Coker v. Austin. And in that declaration, I outlined the shadow policy that was in place to destroy doctors like me and to lift up commanders that are breaking the law.
1: And what's the status of that suit
0: at this point? It's still in, I don't know all the details, but it's still, it's still an active case.
1: Well, there may be hope. And so what has happened since then? You were no longer the medical director. You were no longer allowed to see patients. What else has happened?
0: Well, around Christmas time or so of 21, I received a phone call from uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Teresa Long, and she was just horrified in the information that she found, and she asked me to verify because she knew that I could get into this particular system called the defense military epidemiologic database. And I said, yeah, let me get in here. I'll take a quick look. And I confirmed everything that she feared and it showed horrendous destruction of our military.
1: Well, we've been seeing that in the civilian world, doctors treating military service members and civilians, the damage to brain, heart, lung, reproductive organs, is just staggering and particularly since so much of it's happening in younger healthy people
0: and that's that's when Dr Long a retired lieutenant colonel P Chambers and myself became and and also Mark Bashaw Lieutenant Bashaw became whistleblowers on the Dmed D M E D database
1: and we have talked about that a lot here on this show. We will come back to that. But before we go to break, I want you to tell people the latest thing that I let in to this show with talking about being erased. Yes, what, ma'am. What just took place with that? Let's fast forward to what just took place this week.
0: Well, I recently had a 15 fifteen six or commander's investigation going on, and that was resolved. And they were trying to remove the flag from my profile, and they found nothing. In that investigation, I did nothing wrong, so they could not punish me because I did nothing wrong. Human Resources, locally, was trying to remove that flag the previous week. And incidentally, I was trying to look up my record, my uh, officer uh, record brief, ORB. And I couldn't get into the system. The system wasn't working. So I go into MedPros, which shows your immunization record. It's like I didn't exist in there. Then I went into my medical readiness portal. And that shows permanent profiles. That shows all sorts of information about you. Also, did not exist in there.
1: So you were just erased. Yes, ma'am. You don't exist.
0: And when I called the help desk, they said, oh, what's your name? Okay, how long have you been in the military? Ten years. You've been in for ten years. How come I can't find you?
1: Wow. They couldn't find you either.
0: This was HRC, Human Resource Command, and they could not find me.
1: And what is the status of that? I mean, this all unfolded just a few days ago. So what is the status of that right now?
0: Well, I was able to speak to, um, we'll just call him an officer, uh, slightly higher rank than myself. Um, and he said that, oh, well, you know, the military has this policy that will mask your record. And that's what the, the term they're using is my, me- my record was masked. And it's allegedly to help protect my identity, right? Because if when you have a certain level of uh, media presence, then they're going to mask your record so that someone can't go in and look at your information. Well, that would be great. And that would be helpful if one, they notified me before they did it. If they notified my local uh, human resources officer so that he could remove the flag so that I would no longer... um, be in bad standing, and I could become in good standing so that I can go before a lieutenant colonel promotion board that's happening this this month. And also the the lieutenant colonel promotion board will not be able to see my record as long as it's masked. So how is this helpful? And this to me sounds like retaliation, to make someone disappear without telling them, without being helpful for them,
1: Well, I think mask is a word that obscures the seriousness because essentially your medical records have been erased from your own access in the event of a medical emergency. Your career in the Army is erased for anyone to check and for you to go before the promotion board. So they essentially are blocking all of your information from serving you as an individual, for example, medically, as well as you serving our country, which is what you went into the army to do.
0: Yes, ma'am. And and if this was a true policy, right, because it, it may be, but the man who said it was a policy, I said, well, sir, can you send me that policy? No, I can't send you that policy. You need to talk to your local HR. Okay, sir. So I call my local HR human resources officer. He's never heard of the policy. I bet it
1: doesn't exist. That's my opinion.
0: And I I spoke to, um, I've had some communication with some people that are like post-level human resources. And the best that I could get was a 5USC and it's 552AE10. And all that says is you have to establish... Administrative, technical, and physical safeguards to ensure the security and confidentiality of records to protect against any anticipated threats or hazards to their security or integrity, which could result in substantial harm, embarrassment, inconvenience, or unfairness to any individual on whom the information is maintained. But that's not actually a policy. That is law. And no one has been able to provide any policy from, I've looked at two different posts and HR at command level at two different posts, and no one could provide me anything.
1: Again, this goes back to warnings that, that I was writing about in 2010 with the government control of the healthcare system and the electronic medical records that was put in place in February 2009 under the Trouble Assets Relief legislation. That controlled the electronic medical records and set up the Independent Payment Advisory Board mechanism, health information technology, and the IPAB or Independent Payment Advisory Board were put in place in February 2009, which were the two twin tracks of health care control in the event that they didn't get Obamacare passed. Fast forward to 2010, they did manage to get Obamacare passed, forcing it through in the dark of night under total democrat control of the house senate and presidency one party control which our founders did not envision because the checks and balances were not working and when that happened that was the third rail of healthcare care control and just like a subway third rail can kill you that's exactly what's been happening once the government took control of the medical Records database. And now people being directed by their primary care gatekeepers what they can and cannot have for medical care. And we're seeing the rationing in hospitals and the COVID death protocols in hospitals all being carried out because this is the control that was put in place in 2009 and 2010. And now you are a personal victim of it in the military as punishment. This is what the Soviet Union did. This is what Venezuela, Red China, North Korea, Cuba, all of the communist countries control political dissent and their political opponents by essentially erasing them, putting them in prison, persecuting them, stripping them of their jobs, their ability to communicate, their ability to to work fortunately Dr. Sigalov has had the courage to fight back and speak out which is why he's a federally protected whistleblower and why he's on the whistleblower report today we'll talk more about all of this in the second half of the show today army doctor erased the consequences of tyranny We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. And tune in to the Whistleblower Report every day, 12 noon Eastern, 12 midnight Eastern, right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report military segment right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And on this auspicious day, November 8th, 2022, we are talking about the consequences of tyranny. Let's pray that America can escape the fate of the totalitarian control that is sweeping the world and just caused Brazil to fall to the Marxist candidate there when... Over 5 million votes from the free market freedom candidate Bolsonaro. Votes for him, over 5 million of them, were shifted to the leftist Marxist candidate. South America has now gone fully communist Marxist control. The question is what lies ahead for America? The consequences of tyranny are dire and this army doctor, army major with 10 years of service to this country is in a courageous fight to expose this tyranny and the evil agenda of persecuting those who speak the truth. Thank you, Dr. Sigaloff, for being with us today. And again, I always thank you for your courage in coming forward and your advocacy for freedom for all of us. Thank you. So let's go ahead with um, the consequences of tyranny from the Department of Defense violations of law that we have documented with other whistleblowers and is available on our website. Let's go ahead with the way they've been treating you. And what what do you do about the fact that you've been erased and the fact that you can't access your records? What if there were a medical emergency over the weekend well, I don't, or any, any day? Right. What, ha- what happens?
0: Well, and let me, let me back up just a little bit to the summer. It was sometime late July um, where I received an email, and I was on the CC line, and there was a couple other people on the 2 line. And it was sent to the 902nd Military Intelligence Group. And if anybody knows who the 902nd is, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, I'm going to read the mission of the 902nd. The mission of the 902nd Military Intelligence Group is to protect Army forces, secrets, technology, facilities by detecting, neutralizing, which means killing, and exploiting foreign intelligence services and international terrorist threats. So that's what their mission is. And there's, there was like six people in the two line of this email. And about half of them were in the 902nd. And in the, the title, it said it said Threat Working Group Meeting Tomorrow. And then you go down to the body, and it said, this is the subject of tomorrow's Threat Working Group. Major Sam Sigaloff, my date of birth, my DOD ID number.
1: What? Yes. You were the subject of the, th- the Threat Assessment?
0: The Threat Working Group. And their core competencies are espionage, computer espionage, deliberate security compromise, um, intelligence information reporting. Um, they, people who are terrorists, that's who they, they investigate.
1: So they are trying to paint you as a domestic terrorist, which is the tactic of this lawless administration. They've just come out in the last few days calling white male Christians a potential terrorist threat. Are you kidding me? Really? Half of America? It's- and that is the the journalists. Look at the what's going on in Pennsylvania. The journalists, the mainstream media are celebrating the candidate who's Jewish for speaking out about his faith and they are persecuting the christian candidate calling him a right-wing conspiracy theorist because he's christian now most of the media who were doing that happened to have jewish last names and a political ideology that supported the candidate who's jewish and didn't support the conservative christian candidate it's already happening. It's been happening. Doctors who speak out in the civilian world. Look at what's happened to Dr. Peter McCullough. Look at what's happened to Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Paul Merrick, Dr. Robert Malone. All of these men of courage, Dr. Simone Gold was put in prison. All of these people, frontline doctors, treating COVID, saving lives, my colleagues, my professional heroes for their courage in this fight all persecuted stripped of credentials it's very much like what happened in the soviet union under lenin and stalin it's what happened in Chavez's is venezuela red china north korea and right now going on across europe canada and australia we literally are the last beacon of freedom still standing And that is partly because we have the Second Amendment. It's also because Americans are waking up and speaking out, and we have a lot of courageous military who are also speaking out. That that is really significant. Dr. Sigalov, your comments.
0: Well, it's and you know, I'm all of those things, right? So I'm Christian. I have Jewish heritage. I'm also have Hispanic heritage, so I mean, like, I check all those boxes. So how did they, how did they want to deal with me, all right? I actually had a report from my direct boss, who directly reports to the commander, and the commander said, "Hey, so and so, um, is Sigalov out driving his white truck around post because he's supposed to be in his office?" And the my boss said, "Well, ma'am, he doesn't have a white." truck. He doesn't have a truck. So I don't know how you saw him driving around. So it makes me wonder, do all white guys look the same? Do all Hispanic guys look the same? Do all you know guys with Jewish last names look the same? What is she getting at other than my hospital commander thinks she saw me outside of the building when she never did? And there was another point where I was taking a letter to post-command, because there was a, a letter that was sent to me in error. It was addressed to me, but it was the paper inside was not for me. And so I went, did my due diligence, found out who it was, some deputy at the command level, like really big, big shot. And I delivered the letter back. That's the right thing to do. And I get back to my office, and my supervisor says, Hey, so, well, were you in the command suite? I said, Yes, sir. How did you know? Because I didn't tell anybody. I just went over there real quick and came back. Oh, well, the commander... Uh, was told by somebody in the command suite spying on me. I was literally spied upon by one of the general's aides who called my commander to tell me that I was in that building. They had no reason why they to know why I was in there, and this is a captain reporting on a field grade officer. There are some significant problems with that.
1: Boy, there are really serious problems with that. What what is your um I mean, I'm assuming that you have discussed a lot of this with your attorney, and I wouldn't want you to share anything you couldn't, but is your attorney working on addressing these horrific abuses?
0: Yes, ma'am. I don't want to go into too many details because as an active duty officer, we're not allowed to talk about lawsuits that affect the U.S. government, but there is a Sigloff v. Austin et al. that has been filed.
1: Well, I'm very glad to hear that Truth for Health Foundation has been providing military service members with legal defense grants, as the IRS allows us to do when we are defending core constitutional rights, human and civil rights secured by law. And Truth for Health Foundation is also a plaintiff in a military case that has has broad ramifications for The civilian public, as well as the military service members, whom we are helping to defend in our taking this case forward with the military service member as a co plaintiff. So, both of us are plaintiffs, the foundation and the military service member. And we have got to fight this in the court of public opinion and the court of law. It's critically important. These are core human and civil rights that have always been enshrined in not only military law, Uniform Code of Military Justice, but also in the U.S. Constitution and at the state and federal law level as well. So I think it's critically important that you are taking legal action, and we support you, and we support all of our military service members in defending their core constitutional rights. What are What are some of your thoughts about how we as Americans, American citizens, come together to help turn around this outrageous abuse of all of our rights that have just been totally usurped under the guise of the COVID pandemic?
0: There, And I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was a Russian defector. So he came to America. This is in the 80s. And he laid out these four steps of how to destroy America. And whether that's actually what's going on or that's just a good plan and it's that's how evil works because this is, a, this is a warfare in the unseen realm, the first thing we need to do is have a revival. And I know that sounds crazy, but when you turn back to God, there are things that people believe who believe in a God, like I believe in the Judeo-Christian God, I'm a Christian, um, but whatever your beliefs are, you will stand for those things much greater than you'll stand for other things. When you stand for for that type of belief, that's how you get someone who could, let's say, stand in front of a tank.
1: No, that's exactly right. And our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, regardless of what the revisionists are trying to say now. And our founders very much believed that one nation under God was the only form of government that could provide liberty and justice for all in a constitutional republic with checks and balances. And all of that has been undermined and systematically stripped away in the lawlessness that has escalated in the last two years under this administration. I, I mean, we, we just, here in Arizona, where you work and I work, we We are seeing the consequences of the border invasion. Just in the two years of the Biden administration alone, there have been five and a half million illegals coming across the U.S. southern border. That doesn't count the ones coming across the Canadian border that we don't know about. Five and a half million. That's a city the size of Phoenix. In just two years, flooding in here no identity no checking no screening for diseases they are using social services and they are undermining our vote as well our own voice because they are being given ballots illegally it it is absolutely staggering to look at the damage that has under has come at us just in the last 2 years so I think you're right. We have to turn back to God. We have to repent of the sins of the lawlessness and depravity that's going on in the culture. Now we just did a show recently on the descent into depravity with churches doing drag queen shows for children as entertainment. I mean, it's really become quite sick. It almost makes me nauseous.
0: Well, and for those people out there that, that, maybe struggle with belief or don't believe at all, and they have these ideas in their head that, oh, there's some terrible things in the Bible. Yes, there are terrible things in the Bible. That does not mean they're condoned. If we read the Bible, the first story, man and woman stood naked before God. All was bared before the law, if you will. And that's how our legal system is supposed to work.
1: That's exactly right. And we're all supposed to be treated equally as equal creations of our creator. What are the other steps that you would like to mention to our listeners today, Dr. Sigalov?
0: I think, and I, I want to be very nuanced with this because it is, it's a very nuanced discussion. There needs to be forgiveness for your neighbor. There needs to be forgiveness for your neighbor. Forgiveness and amnesty are different. Amnesty is a term for a, you know, looking over a crime. I never said look over crimes. Crimes need to be persecuted. Need to be prosecuted. I'm sorry. And by that, I'm not calling for any vigilante justice. What I'm calling for is the actual legal system that's in place needs to try people that need to be tried. The people who said, "Oh yeah, you you have to have this this therapy." this gene therapy, if you want to go to a public school or if you want to go on on this or you want to go to that, those people need to be put before some sort of trial as if it were a Nuremberg-style trial. Because if we did nothing and we gave amnesty to these people, this is only the start. And if we leave fights, that, if I leave a fight that I should have won for my children to fight, they will not have the tools available for them to fight it.
1: That's exactly right. So what are the next steps?
0: After Nuremberg-style trials?
1: Yes, I do think we need those. Why don't you remind our listeners what that was? Because a lot of people just simply don't know the history.
0: Yeah, so that's it's very... I'm glad you brought that up. So in Germany, Joseph Mengele, a doctor... Um, did horrible things, and he had lots of people doing terrible experiments. Like, we know how long people live to cold exposure, heat exposure, um, with no water, with no food, because of the experiments he did on the people that were in these concentration camps. Horrendous, terrible things. In fact, many medical um, diseases had names that used to be Nazi names, and we don't use those anymore. Well, when World War Two was over, the world came together and said, especially America was a big part of this, We said, what you did was so egregious that you should have known that that was egregious because it's written on the hearts of men and women. And no sane human should be able to ever do those things without knowing that it's wrong because it's it's so egregious. And so we actually, like United States of America, hung people, physicians, till they died because of the egregious things they did to humanity, the crimes against humanity. No, the, none of these were written laws. These were laws that were written on the hearts of men and women.
1: Those are the very things that we need to have again today. We need to have military tribunals to hold people accountable for the crimes against humanity. We just did a press conference recently. Dr. Sigalov, the foundation, put this program together to hold people hold people accountable, hold the hospitals accountable for the wrongful deaths, they actually are using, knowingly using euthanizing doses of morphine, fentanyl, midazolam, and sedatives such as Presidex to euthanize disabled Americans that they have deemed aren't worthy of living. We actually have a number of cases like that. And we are working to assist those families in legal recourse. In addition, the COVID death protocols are denying patients their advocates, denying treatment. They are forcing experimental drugs like remdesivir, toxic therapy, high-dose oxygen, high-pressure flow with ventilators that are damaging the lungs. We are losing over 1,000 people a day in our hospitals across this country it's stunning and it's it's very very disturbing I our team has been in the trenches trying to help these patients get proper treatment get legal help get advocates and we just have been appalled at the fact that we're losing too many people this way so do you see some of that going on in any of the military hospitals
0: I'm not currently working. I've been escorted out of the building because my hospital commander, uh, I assume, um, and I was told by another like, commander level person that the hospital commander thinks I'm going to kill her. So that's why I've been escorted out of the building, which.
1: Oh, good heavens. Exactly.
0: Now, I do want to say that um, I have a podcast that I've developed because I can't be quiet. I must speak the things that God has placed on my heart. And I have a gag order that's been placed on me by my hospital commander that I'm not allowed to talk about COVID-19 vaccine or virus during the duty day and in uniform, which is a clear violation of my First Amendment rights. But anyhow, my podcast is called After Hours with Dr. Sigloff. It's available on iTunes, Spotify. There's some um, some of the early, or the later ones that have recently been done. It's on Rumble as well. But one of my earlier episodes, I, I interviewed a man named Dean, and he's here in Arizona. And I... Explain. he explains his experience and how the hospital was actively trying to kill him. They gave him scheduled narcotics. He's got a respiratory illness. First of all, you never schedule narcotics, but they would wake him up in the middle of the night to give him a pain medication. No, they were waking him up in the middle of the night to stop his respirations, to make him die. And he had an angel. That's
1: exactly right. And people don't know that morphine and midazolam are being used they are, they are lying to the patients. They Dr. We've had patients, families tell us, and they've heard the doctors and nurses say, this is going to make you breathe easier. No, it doesn't. It will They're stop your respiration. It'll decrease your respiration and your respiratory drive. So you don't breathe at all then you die.
0: And so this, this man had an angel watching over him. He was his respiratory therapist. And they, someone brought in a ventilator, you know, a mechanical ventilator, and they were going to put them, intubate him in the room. And I wish I had a video camera on his face when I told him this, because he had no idea that they were going to paralyze him, intubate him in a private room. And he didn't understand what that meant. But you never intubate someone in a private room, because how can you observe them?
1: Well, you know what else many of the hospitals are doing? They are actually... When they put that ventilator on a patient and intubate them, that jacks up the payment to the hospital close to $50,000 on that patient. In addition to that, they are then arbitrarily designating that room as an ICU room for another payment. Wow. And it's not ICU monitored. It's not ICU capable. They don't even have ICU qualified physicians. You and I know that physicians working in hospitals have to be credentialed for the level of care and specialty services they're providing.
0: And the nurses as well. Uh,
1: and the nurses too. But particularly for doctors, they're not even having ICU credentialed doctors attending patients, and yet they're billing the government for ICU bed rates and payments. And- the fraud is overwhelming.
0: And I recently spent some time in that same hospital for completely unrelated. It was a congenital heart defect that, uh, and I'm doing great with that now. Um, but I got to stay a night in that same hospital. And this hospital was remodeled, I think, in the early 2000s. And I'm sitting there with my wife and I look over and at the window, because it's, it's really nice. It's one level. It's really spread out. Um, every room has two windows. There's like a horizontal window, and then there's a vertical window. And it's like, that's weird to have a vertical window next to a horizontal window. And then I look across the courtyard because there's a courtyard that the windows open up to that you can get into that courtyard, never entering the building. And all of the windows have an awning over them. Well, that's not something you typically build, an awning to keep the rain off of the window. And then that vertical window, I look down at the bottom of it, and there's a slit, like one of those like mail slot where you can rotate it, where you can give your loved one something. You can pass them something through that slit.
1: That's very concerning. We may have to talk about that another time since we're out of time today, but that almost like sounds like the building was created for something else, yes, which ma'am. is very concerning. We'll talk more about that. I wanna thank you very much for being with us today and sharing your story with our audience. America, listen, this is a military position a major in the U.S. Army who has been treated this way by Army command. If you think that we civilians are going to stand a chance against this out-of-control government if our military service members are treated this way, then I've, I've got a, a bridge in Arizona I'll be happy to sell you. This is terribly, terribly alarming, the story that we've just been hearing, and this is the tip of the iceberg about what's really happened to Major Sigalov. So I want all of you listening today, we must stand together to defend our Constitution, our Constitutional Republic, and defend against tyranny. Vote as if your life depends on it, because it does. We must turn back to God in all elections, vote against evil, and vote for liberty and justice and for us to return to one nation under God, guided by the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law as our founders envisioned. This is Dr. Lee for America. We urge you to visit our website www.truthforhealth.org. Donate to support courageous doctors like Dr. Siegeloff with our Medical Freedom Legal Defense Fund so that we can continue to provide the legal defense grants to these courageous military people who are speaking out and who are literally trying to defend their lives as well as their careers, as well as our country. Get involved, get loud and tune in again every day 12 noon 12 midnight eastern time right here on america out loud for another whistleblower report where we bring you truth and solutions for just such a time as this to expose the lies and deceptions and the evil that is assaulting all of us god bless you and may god continue to bless the united states of america And may we continue to be a torch of freedom for the rest of the world. Thank you for being with us today.
0: Thank you.